40 seconds. T minus 30 seconds. T minus 20 seconds. Welcome to the Play It By Ear podcast, the podcast where the topics may vary because, hey, we play it by ear. And now your hosts, Eric Fiscus and Grady Lining. Happy 2023, earbuds. Yeah, 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 huzzah. Yeah. Trying to figure out how long it's going to take me to remember to write 23 when I write the date. Oh, man. Yeah. Gen- um, generally a couple month process, I think. <laughs> I re- um, I, I'm not going to lie. I think it took longer for me this year than usual. And I don't know why. It's like because you think that two, 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 it, you know, it'd be easier. But I had a hard time letting go of the 21. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Yeah. But anyway. But anyway. Welcome one, welcome all to the Play By Your Podcast. Maxwell is with us. Maxwell. And uh, gives us a, uh, this date in history, 64 years ago, USSR Luna became the first spacecraft to leave Earth's gravity. Gravity. Ruskies. Ruskies. Commies. Soviets. Commies. The Red Menace. (laughs) <laughs> going through all my 80s uh terminology right uh savannah with us welcome allison Hello. happy new year to you as well happy new year to one and all it's been a few weeks a couple weeks since we've uh been live on the air with you and we hope that christmas and the holidays and the new years have found you healthy and happy amen to that Welcome, Miss Wilson. Happy New Year to you as well. Miss Wilson. All right. So, uh, once again, if it's been a while for you or if you've never been here been before. A while. Been a while. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Got to do it. Yeah. Uh, play it by your podcast works like this. Brady and I both have a topic that we bring to the table. We have not had discussion about said topic. Uh, we will talk at length about said topic. Ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. Uh, I've, I've dropped the 20 minute thing. I mean, when's the last time? Yeah, you asked the question before we went on. Can we get 20 minutes out of that? I just, well, we could probably get 50 minutes out of that. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Probably by parsing the gerunds. <laughs> uh, no offense, Miss Wilson. I don't know what a gerund is. I, I'm not sure I ever did, but I, I'm, at, of course, then I don't know that you taught me that. So maybe it wasn't you. Maybe someone back in my, uh, elementary school days didn't uh 
allow me to master my gerunds. <laughs> and, and, and I will be deft with the touch of my diphthongs. <laughs> uh, I don't want to see your diphthong. You won't even see my diphthong when I'm on a monopia. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Uh, <laughs> Maxwell has a question. What does the Star Wars lettering say in the countdown? This It's just a, a, a numeral countdown. Yeah, it does it say just, anything? Uh... I, I think it's just the numbers. Just countdown from 50. We, are there are there cuckoos in the room? Uh, that would be me that forgot to mute my, um, my cellular device. The nerve. The nerve. The nerve. All right. well, I'm never. We will go in order that we are on the screen. So let me switch that order. Brady will go first. I will go second. Yeah. Yeah. I had, yeah were, were you taken aback by that audience? Earbuds? A little switcheroo there. All right. Brady, <laughs> floor is yours. All right. Um, kind of Eric in his uh, trove of interesting tweets he finds, and he just kind of shoots them my way. This one caught my attention, and it's going to be fun. Um, so as a Ute, every Ute has experienced a, some kind of family celebration, whether it be birthdays or anniversary or a special occasion or that just that night out on the town that families would take once a year back in the day. And, um, so anyway, here comes the topic. What was the celebration? By the way, we got a credit. Ashley Latimer is. Uh, sorry, it just trails off. Eric, do you know what the rest of that tweet is? But anyway, I don't know. Uh, I'm just going to say Ashley Latimer. But yeah. what was the celebration restaurant your family ate at when you were a child? And adding that you did not realize it was not a five star establishment until you became an adult. So it was the cool celebration restaurant. It was a big deal. Right. But looking back, it might not have been as fantastical. Well, and to add what you said, what what was considered high class dining in your family that uh, probably was not such high class dining. More regular dining. Correct. Um, you know, we're not saying now, there might be some of us out there in our listing public that, you know, maybe great, great Aunt Flossie would take the family to the Masonette um, or something like that. Um, but, you know, you know what we're talking about. We're talking about the run in the middle of the run in the middle occasions. OK, yeah. so um, I shall start okay. <laughs> waiting with bated breath. And the thing is is there is a rotating cast of this, these kind of restaurants in my past. But I'm going to go with the one that was the go-to this one certain time of year. On the way back from vacation, usually down south someplace, we would hit Lexington, Kentucky area. In that, that area, just about dinner time every year on our way back. Because your dad was a probably the biggest creature of habit I ever met. He is a man with a schedule and a plan yes. and a routine. Yes. yes. 
so our schedule and routine would always have us in Lexington. And there was a small chain that when we stopped there, it was only once a year. It was a big deal. It was a celebration. We were almost home. And as a kid, it's like, yes, we are going to Jerry's. 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 Um, Jerry's was a small franchise. I, I, I'm assuming small because they never came north of the Ohio River. But they had Jerry's. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to compare it to Shoney's. Uh, well, yeah, it was very yes, it was very much like a Shoney's or kind of a Frisch's. So, but I what I was going with was the size comparison, like like um oh tumbleweed, tumbleweed yeah. steakhouse in Maysville. There's not right. a whole heck of a lot of them. But it yeah. is a chain, and I think right. that's the way Jerry's was. Right, and like I said, Jerry's was like a Frisch's. Right, never went to the one in Moorhead. I mean, it's the only one I I had an opportunity to go to, and never went to that one. So you've never been to a, a Jerry's? I, I never, never been to a Jerry's. Now, as a kid, like I said, it was a big deal. A, I was hungry because it was that time of night. We looked forward to it. It was the celebration, almost home. But um, you know, it wasn't. I it. I thought it was cool as a kid, but it's not like I was going to Gerald's. It was just, you know, Jerry's, you know, and, um, <laughs> would that have, that have made it more fancy if it was Gerald's? <laughs> Gerald's was down the street and you had to wait to be seated at least. <laughs> Actually, Jerry, no, Jerry's is just walking. It was very fresh. Like, so, um, another one that, oh, <laughs> Savannah, <laughs> Sorry, um, th th this is the example. I am willing to hazard to guess that probably 75% of our listing public around here, that would be the correct answer. Yes, Ponderosa. Ponderosa. Yeah. So so then that, uh, that begs the question, is anything with a buffet, can anything with a buffet be considered high dining? I am going to qualify that. Leave me to be the fly in the ointment. My Honduran godfather, his um, his American mother that helped him is a lovely lady that lived in the Hyde Park region. Right. And um, whenever we would go and visit her, there was this buffet in that Hyde Park area. It was called the Cambridge Inn. Yeah, it was a buffet. But even the structure, it looked like a Tudor establishment. Right. And it was buffet, but I it, it, it was more than ham cubes, you know. It <laughs> what it, I <laughs> now you just made me think of another place, but go ahead. <laughs> but um but yeah, but the Cambridge Inn is probably about as high as class of buffet as I can remember. And that is coming from youth me. So I yeah. really wonder if that was the case. Right. Uh, what do you think of Bill Knapps? Oh, God. <laughs> it might have been the celebration place when your great, great, great grandfather, after they, they finished watching the trilogy of Lawrence Welk, the Waltons, and Matlock, you would go out to Bill Knapps. You could even get your food pre chewed. <laughs> No, I okay. So I you hit a nerve and I guess I gotta share the story. Yeah, yes, you do. <sighs> All right. As a young man in my early twenties, I for 
forget who I got gifted a gift card. <laughs> Looking back on it, that's so absurd, but appreciative. And I had never been to Bill Nips. I remember the commercials. Yeah. Everybody always looked well dressed and quaffed in the commercials, but that's because that's how the greatest generation dressed right. when they went out. Right. But um, so I was I I went with a lady friend. It's like, you know what? Let's go to Bill Nabs. I got this card. <laughs> go into Bill Nabs. And I am not exaggerating when I say that we were the youngest people in there by three decades at least. And I and I'm not being facetious. <laughs> and every bit of the food in that buffet was a version of white or light brown <laughs> tapioca rice mashed potatoes brown beans something fried so it was all brown and it was all white and it was like comfort food but buffet style i will be honest with you i can't even tell you if i enjoyed the food if it was good or not but I just kind of felt it was the same feeling like if you walk into a biker bar and you're, you know, you're decked out in your Lululemons and you're, you know, then you walk in there and like everybody stops and looks and you know, oh, you know, I'm not maybe not supposed to be here. That's why I felt to build names. <laughs> like there was a secret handshake with the golden Buckeye card to get in the door. <laughs> no. Now I, I'm I'm waiting till you reach the end of your story. Yeah, so are, are you at the end of your oh. story? D did I mention that th there is at least seven or eight oxygen tanks? There's what I was waiting for. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm There's not always kidding. oxygen tanks involved in this. Story. Like lots, like more than there wasn't. It, it was. And I almost felt it's like, and I even asked, it's like, this is still a restaurant, right? That, you know, it, it's not like an ambulatory kind of, I, I, it was truly like I ended up someplace I shouldn't have been. You, you thought you were in some treatment facility? <laughs> Uh, yes, I, I'm not, and I'm not being unkind. It's like uh, there was such an abundance of it, and all the food was white. And it, it was an older clientele. It's like I'm like, uh, we this might not be a restaurant anymore. Walking in, <laughs> was the food bland? I, I'm sure it was because I, I mean, I don't remember it, yay or nay, but I think I probably was so uncomfortable that. I didn't remember what I was eating. You were traumatized by the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So Bill Naps is one. Um, let's see. But 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 it had a look about it though. I mean, from the outside, it looked. Oh yeah, like a little white. You know. Right. Because it, it, it was by the Beachmont Mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where IHOP is now. I think. Believe well, you're right. But um. So that was one. Um, I know, uh, like we said, we had the reference to um, Ponderosa. Um, I have fond memories of that 
We went to York Steakhouse at the mall. We talked about yes. York before. Yes. But um, who that York Steakhouse had pretty darn good steaks. But if I remember right, my mother always complained that their sides were very lacking. Yeah, and, and York did have a an elegant look about it. It did. It's kind of the the lights were kind of dim, and um, but again, but again, it it begs the question. Although, you know, I, I'm I'm going to qualify this, I guess. Can you have fine dining in a mall? But yeah, I, mean, I think. But I think of Kenwood, and there's Cheesecake Factory, and there's yeah, you know, Cooper's Hawks, not too far down the road. But it's not in the mall. No, no, it's not in the mall. That's Cheesecake true. Factory's in the mall. Okay, you're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, that that was kind of a um, kind of a weird like I I liked York. Now this this just triggered a memory. I think York lost points. The presentation, everything was good. But any kind of side dish or little dessert thing that is served in a dish that has a cellophane cover on it. Yes. <laughs> and um, it, it gave it that slightly cafetory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds, my man. Um, yeah, but that's that sticks out in my mind about York. Okay, can you did it change its name to York Choices? It may have, now that you say that. Because, like, I think Steakhouse, they, they were trying to marketing me. Well, they don't want steak. They get it lots here. You have your choices. Yeah, could be. So, <laughs> You're so wrong. Let, 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 <laughs> let, me, let me go off on a tangent here. So, things that have been considered, I don't know what the word would be, high-class dining, fine dining, unusual dining yeah you remember like in the cartoons like you'd have the the characters eating at the automat like you'd put your money in the machine and open oh, up yeah. the door and did you ever yeah. want to do that you ever want to eat yes i did day? yeah but we I, I didn't know of any around or it's kind of the best way i can describe it is like a post office box row yeah but instead of mail there was food lurking behind each little little you know and you put your money in open the door and you could get like pumpkin pie and grits, so they're like weird, you know, things that you wouldn't imagine to be vended. So, right? How did that work? Was there a little restaurant on the other side of it? I don't know. Where did it come from? I don't know. Well, that this is going to be a research project. It, it will. All right, a couple comments. Uh, John says Burger King was his family's high class, but then he, well, then, then he says Denny's. Denny's could qualify in this discussion, I think. Yes. A little sit-down place. Um, so, Miss Wilson says there was a Jerry's in Columbus. Oh. On the corner of Moore's. I guess Road it is north Island of a... Street, close to the Park of Roses. Very precious-like. So, I went to Wikipedia, and I looked up the history of uh, Jerry's. <laughs> so... Um, 2015, there's still three locations, all in Kentucky. Two of those closed in 2020, leaving only one location left in Paris, Kentucky. No, that that's incorrect because it's not been a Jerry's in decade and over a decade. It's a Pericos. It's now Pericos. It's a um, Mexican restaurant in Paris, Kentucky. Paris, Kentucky. Is that right? 
That's well, right. Someone, someone needs to update the wiki, but so there are no Jerry's locations anymore then? Not, not that I'm aware of. Like I said, because I know the one that we always stopped at is now a Mexican restaurant, and I've often been tempted to go in there. Okay, so here, here's a little side note on Jerry's. Ooh. Okay. Jericho was the name of the company, and Jerry Letterer is the name of the guy who started Jerry's, but Jericho was the name of his company. Oh, Eric? Yeah. No, it says Perico's Mexican restaurant. I know it does, because, like, Jerry, what are the... what? No, actually, it does make sense. Well, yeah, maybe Jerry still owns the location and turned it into a Mexican rest. I don't know, but or they just put a P on the J to save costs, and it's like not Jerry, make a Pericos. But 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 it's it's in Paris, so Paris. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so Jericho in 1969 launched a new restaurant chain, Long John Silver's. Man. Not to be confused with Arthur's treasures. Now, okay, so <laughs> shout out to Todd there. But um, you speak of the one that used to be fine dining. Yes, Long John Silver's was correct. Like, but but then again, that begs the question: Can you have fine dining in a place where you have to go through a line to get your food? See, Should no. fine dining be classified as a sit down? being waited on sort of situation uh, yes that that's what i think of is fine dining unless you're saying that's eh, fine <laughs> it's fine, <laughs> it's fine. Um, but um but long john silvers it, it used to have uh, ricky cobb referenced this and where it used to look like a dock out on the front right yes and it would have the big nautical ropes and yes. the hanging things. And then when you went in, arr, you had to, you didn't go to the restroom. You went to the necessary room because <laughs> that's that what correct. it was called. That is correct. And, um, and the tables got, were and, oaken and, and you, dark. Yes. And you got your paper pirate hat. Yes. And it was, it was dark. It, it, it may, it was transformative. Yes. You walked into the galley of that ship. That is correct. And you got your barnacles. And you got your barnacles. Dad blasted. Bye and um, so, you know, you know what would be a great. I wonder if Captain D and Long John Silvers ever battled upon the seas. And Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> With his yellow slicker. He just came in later. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think Arthur was off <laughs> off to the side fighting against uh the oh, Gortons man. Yeah, that's what I was that's what I was thinking. <laughs> the Gortons fisherman and Arthur are over there on the side fighting it out. Uh John, welcome. He brings a little local flavor to this conversation. That is correct. The Y restaurant when they had the airplane. I never actually ate in the airplane. I didn't either. Now my parents were pretty cool. Even I even remember times where we went to the Y restaurant. Yes. But they wouldn't eat in that airplane. See, I don't know that I ever, like, it was closed off. Like, I was never there when the plane was open. Maybe that's guess, why. Like Maybe was I was just being for, sore as a kid because I thought they didn't let us sit there. Yeah, it was used for gatherings and things, but parties. But, yeah, it, it looked like a 727, you know, landed in Marystown, Ohio in a field and they built a restaurant 
out of it. Yeah. Hey, speaking of local fine dining, we've got two of those examples that'll have a local flair for us in the Southern Ohio region of Brown County, the log cabin restaurant. Indeed. And don't ever remember eating there. Nope. I, I never did because it was fine dining. The adults went there. Yes. And they had a bowling alley. Yeah. Now, um, the other one, I'll say the Lake Manor restaurant. Indeed. So, um, you know, it was the day a, a bit of a, you know, people didn't eat out as much back then. I, I, yeah. I, I stress it, you know. So, that, so then do you think <clears throat> kids nowadays would think of Butterbee's? Country Inn, La Rosa's is fine dining. I, yeah, <laughs> or, or 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 like or, the Mexican or, restaurant, you know, right? Or or is it a case of what you said? People eat out more, so it's not such yeah. an event. Event. Yeah, it's an event. Now the event is you know like going to Cooper's Hawk or a Jeff Ruby establishment or something like that. Um. Uh, food with presentation, which, by the way, man, my food in San Diego over the break, they made it look expensive when it wasn't terribly. They, yeah. they were into the presentation there. Right. So anyway, that just so um, I do want to also talk about another place. Um, Oh, shoot, 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 shoot. Uh, the Springdale Music Palace. I'm going to back it up one. That might be the true fine dining for my. I remember, I remember hearing about that place, but I don't. I mean, I don't think I ever went there. I know I went with the fam once, and maybe the youth group once when my sister was in high school. But so basically, the Springdale Music Palace. It was an establishment, and I think it was pretty much pizza. Hmm. And, um, but anyway, there was this huge Wurlitzer pipe organ. Yes. And, um, it was kind of shaped like a silo. It was, it was completely round and you would go see like a, as a little kid, I thought it looked like a bullfighting thing. You know, it's kind of what it looked like. And then, um, down on the pit or there, there was the Wurlitzer pipe organ. And for the life of me, you know what? It was so cool. I can't even remember. They would play like. 15 minutes, they would play 15 minutes um, an hour. So showtime is one o'clock to one fifteen, and they were eating everything. And then people, then the next showtime kind of deal. Right. Um, but yeah, I can't even tell you what kind of entertainment or songs that were played. I really, I, I really, I credit myself with having an amazing visual memory in order, but I just can't place it. Yeah. I mean, I think it would have to be like you were at a baseball game. Wouldn't it? That's, that's yeah. Kind of, kind of music they play on an organ. <laughs> where you expect, you know, the crazy calliope music. Right. Where the waiter would come up and say, <laughs> because it's, it sounds like a circus calliope. <laughs> so, uh, oh, my. Savannah says her papa hauled the plane there and out when they got rid of it. Oh, wow. There's a claim to fame. Uh, Yes, John, with another uh, local flavor there. He mentioned the log cabin. uh, Owned by state representative Harry Mussy Malott. 
home with a sizzling steak and burned his hand once. Burned my hand once. Once. Yeah. And uh, Miss Wilson also brings up Red Robster. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like, you know what? That, that I, I think like... we felt Red Lobster was fine dining. Oh, I, I, yeah. I think I may still feel that way. It has an air about it. <laughs> an air. You know, when you walk in and you can see a lobster tank. I mean, that yeah, it's called low tide to, air uh, to a higher level <laughs> dining there. Um, you know, at Red Lobster, it, I'm going to go out on a limb that I say I'm not a seafood person, but up north, I think the Red Lobster experience is a little bit more high dining than down south or in Florida where they have like the mom and pop seafood places. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and there's John again. I, I think we hit a, a nerve with John. He's throwing out the restaurants. The wooden spoon. <laughs> the wooden yes, spoon. In, in Hillsboro, yes. Went to the wooden spoon many times. I would have considered that fine dining in the day, yes. Yeah, I, I never I never went there. I'd never been there. <laughs> he says churches change services so their congregation could get there first. <laughs> Church bite. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. Oh, hey, I remember one too. Um, Po folks. Po folks, yes. Um, Po folks was there, but the one that came before it. Ah, it was such a cool place because as a kid where you could eat the peanuts and throw them on the floor. And they would show like Laurel and Hardy movies on the it had like a 20s. And it's the site of what is now the Anderson Bar and Grill in Beachmont. But uh -huh. it, it it was this the, place. The, the ground round. That's it. The ground round. And it became Poe Folks. And that was a way no, step down. No, 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 no. Poe Folks wasn't where the ground round is. It, it was just up the street. Okay. I, I could have swore the ground toward, round became Poe Folks. Toward 275. Yeah. A little, little strip mall there. A little sideways yeah. strip mall. Yeah. But um Poe folks was um Poe folks. I don't think they could get away with that these days. I don't know. I think you can still make fun of Appalachian people. I think that's still allowed. Yeah. Most people you can't make fun of. I think you can still make fun of Appalachian people. Not that I'm condoning that at all, being an Appalachian person, but uh, <laughs> you know. Uh let me see. I had another one in my mind and it flew right well it's so the the ponderosa as uh savannah said you also had the extension of ponderosa bonanza who yeah. in western sizzling western sizzling yeah. they, they, there was like that 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 troika of stig establishments but but ponderosa and bonanza were directly connected they were they were the same company because it was all Actually, it was started by Dan Blocker, who was on the TV show, uh -huh. Bonanza. Well, guess what? Bonanza, the name of the ranch, was right. the Ponderosa. Right, right. There you go. So, I, I remember there was a Bonanza in Milford that I went to quite a bit. Yeah. Yes. And then... Seem to seem to be more ponderosa around than the bananas. Yeah, I was telling um, the, there there was a um, 
a place like a Ponderosa or like down south, Quinky Quincy's. We always <laughs> called it Quinkies, but um, Quincy's was quite good. Yeah. So I've never been to a Quincy's. Gotta love the quink. Yes. Doug and I is like, it's time to hit the quink. Quink. <laughs> Hello, Jim. Howdy, sir. Speaking of bananas, uh, howdy. Howdy. Um, let me see what else. There was uh, Red Lobster was a good one. Um, scrounge up oh, any others in my mind. Oh, you got another one? Deshays. Oh, Deshays, yes. And um, I think my mother told me it, it's been reopened, but um, in Maysville, Kentucky, Capronis. Right. So, and it was a big deal back in the day. Yep. Um, actually, like Rosemary Clooney and, you know, the ilk, they always went to Capronis. Right. Uh, any other chain style restaurants? Of the highfalutin kind? <laughs> or what we would consider high. Of course, there's <laughs> a, a Golden Corral. I would fall into that uh, Ponderosa Bonanza sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, Uh, we be we would be remiss saying that Frisch's would fall under that category. Yeah, probably so. Probably so. Ooh, uh, the Beehive in Augusta says Maxwell. I've, I've been there once. Would, uh, yeah. There not too long ago. Um, the the day I went, took the ferry across the river and all that kind of deal. Um, it happened to be closed, so I did really? not get to um partake of the hive. It's good. Good place. So uh, I guess an extension of the question then, because I, I kind of went down that direction a little earlier. What would kids today consider the answer to this question? Like Cheesecake we, factory. Yeah. But is cheesecake factory. So what actually constitutes, I guess we have to define that too. What actually constitutes high dining? Uh, yeah 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 go back and listen to the audio um, yeah, yeah we exhausted john. bill naps john we were totally exhausted so much so we had to get our oxygen tanks. <laughs> maxwell brings up denny's again yeah denny's once again <laughs> once again if it's fancy it's dennis's <laughs> <laughs> to go with gerald's <laughs> Uh, so we mentioned, uh, of course, locally, Butterbees, um, La Rosa's, Country Inn. Yeah. Sort of. There there seemed to be a play. Now, I'll tell Bob, you. Bob Evans? Oh, yes. Robert Evans is high on the, <laughs> on the, on the list. Now, but, but today, I, I would, I think kids dig the Bob. Oh, great. Applebee's. Applebee's. Applebee's, yeah. Olive Garden says Jim. That's that's a great one. Correct. Speaking of Florida, I remember my Aunt Donna when that new place just opened in Daytona where they would stay called. (laughs) Sorry, Olive Garden. Um, when it first opened, there's this place. It's so nice. They get the breadsticks just keep coming, you know, when it was a new concept, you know? Right. Josh, welcome back. Uh, the porch, he says. The porch. Porch. It's a pretty neat place. 
it is. It is. Um, anything else? I know I can't think of anything, you know, because like um, any place that we would have people well, our pe- age. Pizza Hut. Pizza oh, Hut. Oh, fine family dining. Yes. Checkered tablecloths or I guess they were cloth. They were more sitting table style space invaders. Correct. The uke box. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the red cups. And that undefinable shaker of spice, which you don't even know. I I, I remember <laughs> the first time. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> Did anyone ever use it? I, I don't it was know. Just the same spices on the table all the time. I, I'd say that biggest spice had been there since at least the Eisenhower administration, and um, you know, I don't know. I'd never tried it, but it was always there because right. it was fancy. Yes, uh, John says the Pizza Hut in Hillsborough is still old school. That's uh, sorry, man. I haven't been to one in Georgetown in years. And that that oven's still magic. It tastes better than any other. My sister, my family, we swear by it. Any place we else we would go to get Pizza Hut never tasted as good as the one in Georgetown, Ohio. Well, you know, though, they say like if you have a, like a cooking stone, you're never supposed to like scrub yeah. it or anything. Maybe that's just what they do at the pizza ovens there. They just never, they haven't scrubbed them since the place opened in 1981. Oh, man. Is that when Pizza Hut opened? I believe so. Yeah, because uh, I was actually that question was on the tip of my tongue. I was like, when did Pizza Hut, <laughs> the Pizza Hut, the Pizza Hut. Uh, yeah, the one and only Pizza Hut, Pizza Huts. <laughs> um, so do you think that uh, Gold Sco- Gold Star or Skyline falls into this? Skyline. <laughs> Sorry, we we grew up with the chili dump. So yeah, chili dump, yes. Where the food was excellent, but the inside a little sketchy. <laughs> but um, and the same poor lady was in there. No matter since what the time Eisenhower day, administration, no matter what time of day you were there, she was there every day. We were always well behaved lads in there, and I know we tipped. Yeah, but like she shouldn't have been surly with us. We were respectful. I don't remember being surly. I just remember always being there. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you meant that same lady was always there. It's like, no. I I did. I I said the poor lady. She was always there. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Any others you can think of? Audience? Any others? I I cannot think of anything. I know as soon as we get off here, it's going to. I hate to think I'm missing something here. Yeah. Of course, then you have the. Of course, I don't know if these were around really much when we were younger. Like Longhorn Steakhouse, Outback Steakhouse. That that came after our Udom. Yeah. So I mean, I I guess that would be more high class dining because there's mm-hmm. no no buffet thing to it, like a Ponderosa, or whatever you called it before we got <laughs> Ponderosa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I won't tell the story, but just. And, I, and Ponderosa is fine. I just had a few bad experiences in a row with steak of questionable origin. <laughs> <laughs> that might not necessarily have been a cow. 
<laughs> Could be Cal. <laughs> Could be possum. <laughs> uh, well, like you, said, <laughs> like you said, uh, once we stop this. Oh, there, there's one, Savannah. I'd forgotten about Old Country Buffet. I like the oh, Old yeah. Country Buffet. I, there was only there was location in in Cherry Grove Beachmont area. I don't know that I ever went to any of the others, but I remember Duff's, Duff's. and um, yes. Wilmington. <laughs> <laughs> there were more Duff's around though. I think Duff I. <laughs> Duff's. <laughs> That was an outstanding contribution right there, Dubs. <laughs> did you did you did you just plural pluralize Dubs? I, I thought you said Dubs. <laughs> <Duffs. laughs> That's why I was cackling. I thought you you were being slick there. One Duff, two Dubs. <laughs> Should be that way. <laughs> to go with all the elves. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Audience? Anything? Brady, anything? All good. All good. All right. Visit our website, ladies and gentlemen, www.playbyyourpodcast.com. Um, <laughs> I got to put this comment from Duffs and Wilmington. Dad took me there to watch the Bengal players distort the buff. <laughs> distort that's a good word i'm sure it looked much different before they came in as than when they left (laughs) play it by your podcast.com you can uh, see history of our shows and things that we talk about here you can also order a t-shirt if you click on the store link at the top of the page Uh, that will take you to buymeacoffee.com which is our crowdsourcing platform you can buy a t-shirt there We'll make sure you get the T-shirt. We'll uh, deliver personally to you if uh, need be. But uh, that's where you can find them. So check it out. All right. My turn. Your turn. So this topic comes from a list. Dumb things we realized in 2022 we only believe because of Hollywood. So things you see in movies and TV that really aren't true at all, but we have come to <laughs> accept them as fact because we've seen them in movie after movie, TV show after TV show. And and I want to add, like one of our older, older episodes, we talked about a couple things that we accept, but but this is way different. Yeah, this, this is beyond what we talked the, about there. Yeah. Like busting through glass all the time, and if right. I, you know, but going through the window, that kind of stuff. This is a different kind of thing. I, I like the word trope. Yeah, it it it's things again that are. I I don't know that anyone really believes. For example, if you jump through a pane glass window, that you will come out unscathed. I think people accept that as being a version of Hollywood that is yes. not true. These are things that people, I believe, if you ask the ordinary person on the street, is this true? Most people would say, yeah, that's true. (laughs) But it actually isn't true because, again, they've been in movie after movie and whatnot. So Brady is the uh, 
animalist of the group. And so we'll start out with this one and I'm sure he'll chime in on this. So the myth is that you've seen in movie after movie, TV show after TV show, wolf packs have alpha males. I, I mean, that sure is portrayed. Um, yeah. I can't speak to it as fact or not fact, but that is certainly what is shown. And I would say, I, yeah, I bet if you line up 100 people, 99 of them would say that's the case. Yes. So the real case is wolves are often not related and forced together by circumstances outside their control. So there tends to be competition for dominance. In the wild, wolf packs generally consist of family members, mom, dad, offspring. So there is a dad would be the alpha male. Mom would be the alpha female, you know, but it doesn't work like that. There's no one in charge of the group. It's just their natural Charles in that pack. (laughs) Natural authority figures to the pups. Is that what they're called? Pups. Yeah. So uh, before I move on, I miss, of course, we leave the topic and Miss Wilson comes back in with a good one. Farrell's Ice Cream Parlor in Columbus, where you could have a vat of ice cream delivered to you by two servers carrying it to you in a stretcher with fanfare. <laughs> I had a birthday party once at the Farrell's in Tri-County. Oh, yeah? Was it, was it cool? It was. It was. Anyway, had to had to show that one. All right, myth number two, and I've, I've heard this one before, and I, historically speaking, uh, this is the case. M- Napoleon Bonaparte was short. So, I mean, that's one of the main things people probably think they know about Napoleon. Well, he had short mans, and you know, people say you have a Napoleon complex because you're short and you want to be in charge and you want to, well, Napoleon based upon the time period he was alive, was not short. Napoleon uh, was 5'2". Obviously, 5'2 nowadays would be extremely short. Uh, Only an inch shorter than what was average in the 18th century. So people are much shorter then. Uh, You know, we put things in our own perspective. He was outrageously short compared to us, but not so much compared to the people around him. Yeah. Do you think we would have been just like, if we went back in a time machine to try to be inconspicuous, we would just be man mountains and tower upon everybody. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you have someone like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. He was outrageously tall back then. And now really, I mean, compared to the normal populace, I mean, he'd be extremely tall. I mean, can you imagine like a dude like Sam Hubbard of the Bengals? Just like, you know, six, 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 seven, and like athletic and not just a big old brute, but they would, he would probably seem like a superhero. (laughs) True. Um, so the, the Napoleon complex thing comes actually from a British cartoonist. Yeah who was satirizing Napoleon all the time and made him him childlike. And that's where that's where that comes from. That's where that comes from. So, yeah. So Hollywood took that and made it truth, I guess. All right. Myth number three, the Egyptian pyramids were built by slaves. 
Not true. Uh, common misconception, Egypt's pyramids were built by slaves, particularly Jews. Uh, a lot of people tie that in, actually, to... Book of Exodus. Uh, yes, right. Uh, to the contrary, there's plenty of evidence that points to the pyramids being built by paid laborers. So, uh, See, an archaeologist found remains of a village built for the workers, and they would not have done that had they been slaves. So. Um, makes me wonder if, you know, depending on what dynasty it was, and times were tough, you know, like the paid laborers, but then well, maybe they conquered, you know, a bunch of people, then like use more slave labor on some than others. You know what I mean? Right. Like, could it be just be relevant to the time period of which kingdom it was? True. I sound like a social studies nerd there, but like, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there's about 4,500 years ago, they were using paid labor. So, (laughs) so Miss Wilson, now, how are you going to explain Napoleon's behavior? (laughs) That's true. You got to come up with a different, uh, explanation there jim says the pyramids were built by aliens <laughs> some people believe that yeah all right myth number four you have to wait 24 hours before reporting someone missing <laughs> i the lord knows it's repeated enough on movies right. and tv right never questioned it so uh yeah the common misconception you have to wait at least 24 hours to wait uh before you call authorities and tell someone an adult, that's generally the case. Obviously a child's a different thing, but yeah. an adult, um, there is no 24 hour waiting period or any mandatory waiting period at all. Whether it is a child or an adult, you can notify the police that someone is missing at any time. Now as to whether they will pick it up and investigate it, that's another story, but I mean, they won't you tell you it. Right. Yeah, they won't tell you on the phone. You know, you they won't be at hour 19 and say, nope, you got four more hours to go, five yeah. more hours to go. Right. All right. Myth number five. Roman gladiators were all male slaves and battled to the death. I mean, we, we know that happened a lot. Right. Initially, Roman law allowed women to fight other women in spectator battles. This was banned in in the year 200 CE. Um, Generally, those events began with criminal executions. Uh, The professional gladiators, however, rarely lost their lives. It was more of an entertainment. uh, It was more like MMA, boxing. WWE. Right, right. And I, but I don't think they were scripted though. I don't, that I wouldn't go WWE. I think it was still considered like fighting, fighting, real fighting. But, uh, yeah, so they, it was more of an entertainment piece. Yeah. Than it was a, uh, criminal execution piece. All right. Myth number six all ninjas wore black. <laughs> Ooh, of course they do. <laughs> well, I mean, really, if you look at Hollywood, though, the only exception to that would be the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I mean, every other oh, ninja no. wears wears black. The, no, the, the, there was a twist. The Ninja Commando 
in G.I. Joe, Snake Eyes wore black, but his adversary in Cobra were all white. Mm-hmm. I've never parsed that too much, but that's some deep. Right. So uh, let me ask you this question just for your knowledge purposes. Um, what was a ninja? What was the purpose of the ninja? What was the purpose of a ninja? Um, yeah. They were like soldiers and assassins. They were spies. Yeah. So if you were a spy, you're not going to dress to stand out. You're going to dress to fit in. So a ninja maybe night, and then I'm going to dress like a ninja's intended to dress. Well, uh, but a ninja may have been dressed as a priest, a farmer, a beggar, or whatever else might be in the area that the <laughs> job called for. Uh, typically, ninjas wore clothing that was dark blue or almost an orange color similar to a farmer's uniform. Like Um, Michelangelo, I might add. There you go. Uh, When expecting a battle or hand-to-hand combat, a ninja would wear a chain hemp top for protection. They only wore hoods when they needed to hide their identity. Otherwise, ninjas tried to look as inconspicuous as possible. There is a legend that um, ninjas, I'm going to call them the pack of ninjas that would like you know, like a squadron that did conceal their identities. If one of them died to protect their family, they would right. remove their face skin. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Jim says it's all fun and games in the arena till a gladiator loses an eye. That is correct. All right. Miss Wilson, <laughs> uh, she's on the social studies out there. I have one for you. You don't have to read or give the Miranda rights to people until prior to questioning, not immediately at the re- the arrest. That is true. That is true. Uh, okay. So myth number seven. Opposing armies charged at each other in giant disorganized mobs. Horde! yeah i mean how many times have you seen how many movies can you dancing right i'm thinking like braveheart i'm thinking yeah uh again any number of movies you just see that oh they're they're walking toward each other and all of a sudden like you just did and then they start running not really the case i mean there there was battle tactics and i mean the, the people who were the generals and the leaders of these armies still used, they were tacticians and they put their troops where they felt they needed to be in order to win the battle. And it wasn't just disorganized. Yeah. So that, that was just plain Hollywood. Not to say it never happened because it probably did happen upon occasion with like little pockets of people, but it wasn't a widespread 10 mile long line of people. just. Or you could see them charging down the mountain like ants. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Um, so this says uh, the li- likely uh, infantry units did run toward the enemy, enemy screaming at the beginning of the fight. It was more of a tactic to get them beyond their initial mortal fear, mortal fear of the upcoming events rather than a war strategy. So they were trying to psych themselves up by doing that, basically. That's... Which, again, makes sense. I mean, you see, for example, like football players. I mean, they do things like that. They yell and scream and hype themselves yeah. up. And just to get yourself Protect ready. Protect house! Yeah, right. Okay, myth number eight. 
Cats love milk. <laughs> Thomas, go give you a bowl of cream. After he kicked Jerry out. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the one that comes directly to mind. The Tom yeah, and Jerry. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that was battle on, man. It's like once you try, once Jerry would try to get a hold of his milk sack, that's always what he was protected. He was most yeah. ticked off that Jerry was into the milk. Right, right. So then I guess the question is, do mice like milk? Because Jerry was always in the <laughs> Do milk. mice eat cheese? No, I don't know. I think mice like peanut butter most, don't they? <laughs> anyway, uh, the truth, however, is cats are often lactose intolerant. <laughs> That explains litter box. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, as is the case with humans, cats gradually lose their ability to digest lactose as they grow older and drinking it can often lead to diarrhea. Wow. I just didn't really want to think about cat diarrhea. So, so the cat like drinking a whole like know like pint of milk and just like painting a litter box later <laughs> guys like jackson pollock <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, okay myth number nine <laughs> and i i often wondered about this one myself you know Dave, before i even saw this list you can easily crawl through air ducts <laughs> die hard right uh, action movies, Die Hard being one, as Brady mentioned, often feature people, uh, which are generally men of a very large stature, silently crawling through air conditioning ducts to either escape from or sneak up on their enemies. Technically, yes, you can crawl through air ducts in most larger buildings. However, uh, getting in would be problematic because uh, there are blowers that... Uh, Obviously, I have to blow the air out of the ducts into the rooms, fans and such. Uh, not to mention, what are the air ducts made of? Well, you, in the old days, metal. Right. So if you crawl through metal and metal moves, metal tends to be somewhat loud when it moves. <laughs> True. So if you're crawling through an air duct, you're not going to sneak up on anybody. Well... <laughs> Well, and not to mention, air ducts were not made to be crawled, 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 crawled <laughs> through by a large human being. So the chances of falling out of the air duct are somewhat large. So, but uh, Hollywood uh, puts that one forward quite a bit. Yeah, not only that, but you know, depending on which way you're crawling, you're going to get your anus frozen. Because if it's like a big skyscraper that's blowing out AC to a whole, you know, skyscraper, you're going to get frostbite in that thing. That is correct. All right, myth number 10. People in ancient times just fell over and died at age 30. <laughs> now, there, there was some shift here. Somewhere. I've, I've Excuse me. often tried to wrap my head around this one. You look in the Bible, and like Methuselah lived to, he was 900 years old. Then you have people in the, like, more recent times, but old compared to where we are, living much shorter lives. I mean, probably a tenth, not even a tenth, maybe a twentieth of the lifespan of Methuselah. 
So, I mean, obviously medicine would play a part in us living longer than those people, but how did Methuselah live till he was 900? Maybe they counted their, when that, when that was, we call, when that story occurred, maybe they had counted their years differently. And it I probably thought maybe the King James version, which was kind of mistranslated in a lot of places. I always thought maybe it was months instead of years. Okay. Now let me get the calculator out. If you get 900 months divided by 12, that's 75 years. It's oh. interesting. Yeah. I need to consult a biblical historian about that one. But uh, Greg, <laughs> my brother-in-law is he? Yeah. Ask your brother-in-law report back. All right. So, uh, in, in reality, even in the first century, there are records of people exist. Records exist of people living to age 100 and beyond. So, you you found some individuals that I think, as a whole, people didn't live as long, but you did find certain individuals that did. In my fifth grade social studies class, um, I mean, I'm reporting this as historic fact because that's what you know I've read so much to the Aztec Empire. Like um, the the average lifespan was about 28, 29. Right. But remember, their culture was very warlike. So, right. you well, know, you go off to war and that's. Yeah. Died. And actually, even thinking of the, this particular situation with older civilizations living less period of time, a lot of that was infant mortality. I think. Yeah. If, if you got past the infant stage, I mean, you probably lived pretty decent life as far as length but all right <clears throat> myth number 11 and uh actually this one is rather um timely i guess you can't die from a single punch mm. i think we found out here in the past few days that uh, a single uh blow can cause great issues if delivered in the right or wrong place however you say it but uh yeah uh, certainly to the head or to the heart or yes but i mean hollywood would lead you to believe that uh, a lot of times like, people would take a terrible beating and well the kill bill um the five finger death punch yeah well for pete's sake um there's a vintage wrestler um ox baker his finishing maneuver was the heart punch right yeah. And this yeah. played up kayfabe that, you know, the people after they got the hard punch, they wouldn't just like keel or lead. They would look, you know, yeah. It, it was kind of his gimmick. Right. But again, uh, a little timely on that one. But, uh, yeah. Eric was there that night. I was. I, I and then, um, go ahead. Never, wit never witnessed anything like that. That why, you know, I hope never to again. But I mean, it was, yeah. um, very very eerie situation. Impacted you, and Todd. Um, they they just finished playing um, outside of the stadium, and they, they had to move their equipment so the ambulance could go in. So, what are the chances? Like, um, yeah. So, our prayers out to the Hamlin family. Certainly, certainly. All right, myth number twelve, and I, I think this one has kind of taken a turn a little bit in Hollywood. I've seen shows where this has been done now. Myth is police can't lie to you. So uh, when you're 
being questioned or whatever, they can't tell you lies, which that's not true. Police can lie to you. Um, but I guess the issue is if you're not lying, you don't have to change your story. So then right. just tell the truth. But uh, right. police are allowed to lie uh, legally, and they do to, to try to throw suspects off and uh, whatnot. So, uh, but but again, I've seen some shows recently where police were, did lie to suspects, and I think that one may be taking a turn. Right. Um, Miss Wilson, uh, the Houdini question. Um, he was actually punched in um, the midsection and um, he was expecting to tense his abs. And when the blow hit, it like ruptured his spleen, I believe, or appendix or so, I think, something. I think it was the appendix. That um, he that because he was starting, was it like he was starting appendicitis possibly and so. not know it yet. But when he took the punch, it ruptured his appendix and he died of um, basically septic poisoning yeah all right next myth <laughs> now this this is one yeah you see it all the time and it's just it, it really is if you can suspend disbelief which i can most of the time i mean you watch these things and it's kind of okay yeah that's cool but not really i mean it's not, not realistic okay the myth is you can just walk away from an explosion <laughs> How many times do you see characters running out of buildings and like jumping? And I, it, for whatever reason, it's always in my mind the picture of uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, I think it was one of the Jack Ryan movies. I mean, he's jumping out of a building and it blows up behind him and he falls onto the pavement. And in actuality, I mean, if you were that close to an explosion, so uh, let me let me read this. Uh, how stuff works quote this this will put it into perspective so a c4 type of explosion says plastic explosive is virtually instant gases are released from the device at the super speedy rate of 26,400 feet per second dang pummeling everything in its immediate wake in other words if you are within 26,400 feet or so of an explosive you will get hit by the blast within one second, assuming it is powerful enough to reach you. So if you are in a building that blows up right behind you, you're not going to fall to the pavement and just get up. It's not going to happen. So here's a comparison. Usain Bolt set a world record at the Beijing Olympics by running 565 feet in 19.30 seconds. So on the set of a real-life action flick, Bolt's lightning-fast pace would not have permit, prevented him from going up in flames. So Dang. In an explosion. So probably of all those myths that I just went over here, uh, that being the last one on the list, this, I believe, probably is the most egregious one because you see it all the time, and the person always survives. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you mentioned Die Hard earlier. Die Hard's another one where you see that uh, thinking lethal weapon, you know, shows like that. You know, see the explosion and, you know, the characters just that. get him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, it was, uh, which one? It was um, Die Hard and How. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, Die Hard, they, you say. Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The 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 uh, 
the ship blows up the the big ship oh. and they've jumped into the water so I, I always imagined okay you have an explosion of a ship and you're in the water i would think that would make the explosion worse on you oh it's certainly gonna blow your eardrums right um but yeah these guys just pop up right out of the water and nothing happens well or like you the, the cool shot where they're under the water but it's showing the big old flame above the water where it lights up the water where they're like looking up underwater. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So like I said, I, if I had to pick a most egregious one of this list, that yeah. would be I mean, you see that all the time and that is always the case. Always happens that way. Um. Oh, daggone it. Another one. Uh and all those movies where somebody's stranded someplace or TV shows, well, look for which side the tree of the moss is on. That's got to be bull crap. Because <laughs> I have a tree in my backyard. It's got moss on it, and it's pretty much 360. Right. So I would die in that woods <laughs> if I, because like, you know, I, I always, that that's one of those things I always cast dispersion on. So, so refresh my memory on that one. What is Moss supposed to tell you, according to Hollywood? Oh, that it points like it, uh, like points to the north. I think Moss always points north. Hmm. Okay, I'll have to look it up. But yeah, so well, if the Moss is growing that way, we need to go west toward the Colorado Territory. You know that, mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's Miss Wilson. Uh, going with the explosions, how about every car, motorcycle, rickshaw, except <laughs> rickshaw. <laughs> I love that word, rickshaw. Uh, that gets in a crash, it always goes up in flames and explosions. That is true. I always wanted to make a short film, like like a big old truck or bus, like a, where it has a little kid throw one of those fun snaps from the, from the fair, where he throws it on the ground, it shows an entire vehicle go up. <laughs> Fun snap indeed. I was gonna say you could probably um, splice that one together pretty easily now with yeah. software and things, but uh, that is true. And I, I actually heard some person on something I was listening to talking about that particular thing. Yeah, they go to great lengths when they make vehicles to make sure that they don't explode on impact. Yeah. Now you, which owned a Pinto. <laughs> We're lucky you made it through owning a Pinto because supposedly those tended to explode on impact. But uh, for the most part, you know, they, again, they, they fashion the vehicles to where it takes it, it. There has to be great outrageous things happen to make a car go up in flames and explosions and things. Yeah. But everyone that falls off a cliff in a, in a TV show or movie always on first impact goes up in flames and explosions. Um, I, I just confirmed on two different sources that moss grows anywhere at once. The theory being that because moss, mosses <laughs> like um, dark, humid environments by facing right. north, it's not directly in the sun. But okay. It says moss grows wherever. Nobody tell moss where to grow. <laughs> <laughs> moss grows where it wants. <laughs> I don't know why that was funny. <laughs> Ooh, anyway. 
So I did. <laughs> so Josh says moss grows on north facing surfaces. Jim says moss only grows on the north side of his house. So are your sources correct? Well, I mean, the two I looked at, this one, um, Mythbusters, connectwithnature.org. Yeah. Um, it says the myth that moss only grows on the north side of trees likely originated as a way to help people navigate in a forest, letting the mossy trees serve as a compass. But if you let that myth serve as a map through the woods, you're going to get lost. Because <laughs> <laughs> in reality, moss grows just about anywhere it wants. <laughs> and it is, although it is most likely to grow on the north side of trees, in rocks and other surfaces, it doesn't grow there exclusively, according to the Michigan State University Extension Office. And you can't question Sparty. Yep. According to Becky Fiscus, an alumnus of Sparty. Uh, well, I'll take their word for it, I guess. I never really <laughs> dandered upon moss too much. <laughs> Ponder the moss. Ponder the moss. Anything else we missed on these tropes? Uh, I'm thinking it's like, um, but I, I think there's, oh, um, tourniquets. Just when somebody gets a flesh wound that bleeds, they slap a tourniquet on there like nobody's business. But where in most cases, you know, a tourniquet's going to cause much more harm. Yeah. yeah. I got a paper cut. Get the tourniquet. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I did miss one here in my list and again uh, somewhat timely actually and I and and you've heard a lot the, the last few days about CPR and uh, mm -hmm. the myth is CPR is both clean and 100% effective so CPR in actuality is a taxing, distressful experience for the person performing the maneuver and witnesses to the event. I, I mean, I can attest. I mean, I didn't see the CPR, but I mean, I know the players on the field and how they were reacting. I mean, it's, you know, and we're referring to, of course, the Bills-Bengals game. Um, procedure is also so physically demanding that it often requires more than one person to perform the resuscitation steps. Unfortunately, the CPR process is often unreliable as a life-saving maneuver. Only around 15% of patients experiencing cardiac arrest in a hospital setting are revived. Oh, wow. Of those, more than 25% experience some type of brain damage. So, wow. Um, but yeah, Hollywood, but a lot of times would have you believe that, okay, CPR person, heart starts in beating and... And in Eyes Hollywood, yeah. In Hollywood, it always takes three Heimlich thrusts. Yeah. <laughs> I I never made note of that, but I uh, well, think, think about, about it. it if you think about it, probably, probably <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, then it goes. Probably, probably right. Got to build that drama a little bit. Yeah. Um. But I know I heard uh, in regard to uh, the Bills player Hamlin. Uh, they said they turned him over on his stomach today to because uh, there was probably some blood in the yeah cavity, the chest cavity and things where uh, needed to be moved out of there. So they put you prone on your stomach. That's part of the reason that I think it's easier to breathe there as well. But uh, yeah, 
and they and, said that was probably as a result of the CPR. Yeah, and they, um, you know, uh, on, on, I guess we got to grasp some positives. It sounds like you know there's been some slight improvements. Yeah. So, well, and and just judging by those statistics I just read you, I mean that that's you know very very good news. I mean, yeah, the, the fact that he is where he is, even. Yeah. But they said if if you are to experience something like that, if you're in a hospital or on a football field, probably there are the two best places to be with that. So because there's a lot of expertise around in the proper equipment right. and, and things like that. So, um, yeah. So you you get a little bit of dose of reality there instead of what you see in Hollywood, and uh, the reality is much more dire in a lot of cases. So yeah. All right. Any other tropes? No tropes that I could think of. I'm trope free. Trope free. All righty. So that brings us to the end of our episode 120. I forgot to give the episode 120. 120. So, Damn. Uh, as always, uh, our audio version of this podcast will come out on Friday morning uh, on most platforms where you can find audio podcasts, our main ones being. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and the iHeartRadio app. Anchor.fm is our uh, main site there. Uh, video version will be uh, archived on our various uh, Facebook pages, as well as our YouTube page. Search out Play It By Your Podcast on that platform. Also, Twitch. Twitch, Twitch. Uh, you can find it there. It does not uh, per or, uh, permanently... Uh, archive there it'll be there for a couple weeks so if you're a twitch user we can, you can find us there social media facebook twitter and instagrams uh, we have accounts on each you can find those uh, accounts there at uh, on our website playbyyourpodcast.com you can also interact with us via email admin at playbyyourpodcast.com you can also leave a voice message if you click the link at your podcast provider on the iHeartRadio app that is a microphone that is says talk back so uh any of those methods are good haven't had a voice message in a while always always looking for voice messages we've been joined by a guest we've been joined by bruno t dog good morning or good, good evening bruno i guess bruno didn't want to stick around Nah, he he wanted to he accidentally got the door shut on him i think in here he wanted to be out where the action was well, who does? Probably listening to the podcast. There you go. All right. Anything else for the good of the order? Nope. Nope. He didn't even ask what his middle name was. What is his middle name? The Bruno T. Dog. Bruno the Dog. Very good. <laughs> All right. Uh, join us for episode 121 sometime next week. We'll let you know. Brady, take us out. And good night and have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Play It By Ear podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter at Play It By Ear Pod 2, and our website at anchor.fm backslash Play It By Ear podcast. Thanks again and join us next time as we play it by ear.